Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, December 10th, 2015, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 12, paragraph 1. Today's readers are Elsie M. on the 12 Steps, Anita L. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Sharon H., Rachel N. M., and Janice M. Uh, the reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, December 9th, is 8257. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who still su- who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Elsie M. to read the 12 steps. Hi, my name is Elsie M. from Philadelphia. These are the 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves should restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step twelve. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, LCM. And Anita L., would you read the 12 traditions, please? Sure. Hi. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first personal recovery depend upon OA unity. 
two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 12, the first paragraph. We will read three paragraphs and focus our comments on the second and third paragraphs. And I will ask Sharon H. to get us started. Good morning, Kathy, and thank you for your service, and uh, welcome to everyone on the line listening today. Uh, My name is Sharon H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado by God's grace in these 12 steps. Uh, Despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the vestiges of my old prejudice. The word God still aroused a certain antipathy. 
When the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me, this feeling was intensified. I didn't like the idea. I could go for such conceptions as creative intelligence, universal mind, or spirit of nature. But I resisted the thought of a czar of the heavens, however loving. His sway might be. I have since talked with scores of men who felt the same way. My friend suggested that what then seemed a novel idea. He said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? That statement hit me hard. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered for many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. And I'm going to set my timer here. Um, Wow. Uh, We're in Bill's story, and we have been seeing this amazing uh, descent of Bill just further and further into the devastating throes of alcoholism. And... um, and here comes this bright-eyed friend that he'd known for years, a childhood friend who uh, came into his kitchen, and he was drunk, and, and Abby was sober. And um, that was the beginning of uh, Bill's transformation, shall we say. Um, he couldn't believe what he saw sitting in front of him. And so... His friend, Abby, suggested, why don't you choose your own conception of God? And I, many, many years ago, had to do that because I had turned my back on and God and everything that it meant to me based on the religion I grew up in. And it wasn't until I came to a 12-step program that I realized how so many of those old false beliefs and old uh, misconceptions of mine had uh, certainly altered who I thought God was and is and should be. Um, and so when I came into this program to listen, I was one of those with uh, many years in this program, but unable to stay stopped, and we were in the doctor's opinion, and that's the way I feel it happened to me. I listened. I was told to use this like a textbook, and I did, and I sat at my kitchen table, and I took notes, And uh, all those old cynical ideas, and I had done everything, and it didn't work. So, you know, what am I going to do? I've done it all, and nothing worked. So I was told I had to set aside all that I thought I knew and go back to being willing to be under the direction of this book and do exactly what this book stated me to do and that I was absolutely powerless over this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And when I see this, I stood in the sunlight at last. It reminds me when we start um, going to the steps four through nine where we must see ourselves as we are. Uh, We find out that resentment is the number one offender. And then that's what shuts us off from the sunlight of the spirit. And so that's where these steps come in. And uh, your higher power, God, I choose to call God, comes in and begins his silent work, unlearning all those things we thought were the truth, and then through this process allows us to begin living in this new design for living, this amazing way of life that transforms us from the inside out. And I'm just so grateful for this phone line meeting, and I am so grateful to all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Sharon H. Who would like to share on the second two parts? 
Larry. Larry K. Who else? Tina S. Melissa C. Tina S. Leia. Melissa C. And Leia M. Sally. Sally A. Okay, let's start with those. I have Larry K., Tina S., Melissa C., Leia M., and Sally A. Go ahead, Larry, please. Good morning, Kathy. Uh, Thank you so much for your service. Appreciate it. Larry K., uh, Composable Reader from Chicago. So, you know, here, you know, coming to believe, um, you know, I I wasn't consciously aware that, that I had made food my higher power Yet, you know, I continued to shovel the food in my mouth and, and to fill that hole in my soul. And, you know, and, and, and here's a question. And when we, we begin to examine the conception of God, you know, maybe you're like me. You know, I was, I was resentful and angry at God. I mean, you know, what type of conception did I have? If it, You know, what if you believe, you know, what, what if you see that, you know, that, that God in your mind, you know, took your child um, in a car accident, or what kind of a God would allow your, your husband to die of, of cancer at the prime of his life, you know, when you and your children need him? You know, where was God, you know, when you were a child that allowed you to be teased and bullied as a child? You see, many of us shut the door on the notion of a higher power the moment, you know, there's some sort of unexplainable tragedy or, or challenge that strikes us, and, and, and we're faced with, with the unfairness of it all. And I, I, you know, looking at it, I was cool with the higher power until the level of, you know, anxiety and and calamity and so forth became so intense in my life that I was brought to my knees. And, um, you know, it was it was all that pain that I, you know, that I I rejected any conception of a higher power personal to me. And, uh, you know, if we fast forward now to December 10th, 2015, what I can tell you is that and I can tell anybody on the line, I'm grateful that while I, I certainly rejected any conception of God, you know, my higher power didn't reject the conception of me. And you see, my conception began to change as a result of these steps. And, and nothing more was re- required. Nothing more was necessary to make my beginning. And now, you know, when, when calamity, confusion, tragedy strike as they will, you know, my emotions are no longer the ruler of my mind. See, uh, transcendence is the act of, of rising above our, our former selves, you, you know, be, like beyond the limits, uh, you know, of our material experience. And I didn't lift myself out of the quicksand. I was lifted. I was saved. I was pulled, you know, dragged from the quicksand. And so all I needed to make that beginning was a, a different conception and I really needed that. I needed a new conception, and it was through these steps, through these actions, that I was able to uh, formulate a new conception of God, and that was all that was required. And as a result, I've been brought into alignment with my higher power. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Tina S., please go ahead. Press star one, Tina, to unmute. Uh, Sorry, thanks, Kathy. Uh, Tina S., compulsive eater, uh, anorexic. Uh, you know, some really, really good stuff, and I, and I really appreciate the uh, previous share. You know, one of the things for me was that it took me quite a while to get to a place of uh, 
really understanding what people were telling me for a period of time that you know that I could choose my own conception of God. Growing up in the religion that I did, it was hard for me to believe that that could happen. And you know, and um, you know, one of the things that I really, really loved about this par- the paragraph where you know, why don't you choose your own conception of God? That you know, the novel idea for me was that I could you know start right where I was. Didn't have to be someplace else or someone else because all my life I thought that was the case. And you know, uh, and initially, and this is just the truth for me, I had to believe that somebody else believed first until you know I began to have those experiences that had me stand in the sunlight of the spirit, and then I could you know go go from there. And uh, you know, but but a beginning, you know, but a beginning. And and I'm really grateful that. You know, at some point I really realized this is but a beginning. There was no end to this journey, that it was a journey. There was no place to be but to continue. And uh, through the 12 steps, you know, I continually stand in the sunlight of the Spirit. And what an opportunity that I have today, one day at a time. You know, I have to continually remind myself, this is one day at a time. If I don't pick up that compulsive bite, I'm good to go. You know, and if that's as good as it gets, that's great. But I have an opportunity today to be of maximum service to God and to those about me. And, and what a joy. And that certainly was not the case when I first got here. So with that, I'll pass. And thanks again for your service. Thank you, Tina F. Melissa C., please go ahead. Hi, good morning, Kathy. It's Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Um, you know, this, um, this the ability to create my own concept of God, um, you know, for me, is, is completely life-changing. Um, and, and yet there was a resistance for me at first to even do that because um, I was still for so long clinging to all the reasons why there couldn't have been God. And, you know, as Larry started uh when he was speaking, you know, yeah, I had suffered tremendous tragedy. And so I could not make sense of my tragedy um, with, with, with a thought of God. And then, yeah, because my concept of God was somehow um, immature. It was like a genie and, you know, magical, and it was supposed to grant all my wishes. Even if they were worthy wishes, you know, that higher power didn't work for me. And so, the um, you know, when I started reading the big book and started really looking to create my own concept of a higher power, hearing just the simple words of the sunlight of the spirit, uh, the spirit of the universe, somehow those words were comforting to me. Having a different name than God allowed me, you know, to at least make the approach. And, you know, and the other thing that kind of um, helped me create and still helps me create my concept of God, because it's evolving even now, um, is that I know what my lowest weakness is. And if I can identify that, that's really easy. Um, The higher power, my highest power is the exact opposite. And so when I get stuck on that, I just think, what's the opposite? And thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank, thank you, Melissa C. And Leah M., please go ahead. Thanks so much, Kathy. You know, um, when we when we study this line, why don't you choose your own conception of God, it always 
uh, you know, provokes gratitude in me um, for that part of our history, you know, that um, that those words were uttered, you know, because what if those words hadn't been uttered? <laughs> uh, what if those words hadn't been written uh, in this text? And, you know, it just allows everybody an opportunity uh, in this recovery process. You know, uh, I've been, you know, trudging this road of recovery since 1987, and I've spoken with thousands of people, right, over the course of the decades. And, you know, ain't it grand that we each can have our own conception? You know, when I came in beaten to a pulp, um, you know, I had no knowledge about the spiritual realm whatsoever. <laughs> None. You know, I was brought up in a very cerebral environment. Um, academics, you know, knowledge was kind of the uh, throne, uh, you know, of existence there. And, you know, this line, you know, why don't you choose your own conception of God? I had no idea what God was, what that meant. All I knew was that I was beaten to a bloody pulp by this illness, that no matter what effort, whatever self-knowledge, whatever philosophy, whatever morality, whatever goals or good intentions or resources that I put forth to conquer this disease, um, I kept being beaten and bloodied. You know, so I knew it wasn't me. That's all I knew. <laughs> I knew it wasn't me. I knew that I was cornered. So step one was the foundation of my recovery. Step two was the cornerstone laid on that foundation. All it took was a willingness for me. Step two only requires that we be willing to try to find a higher power. That's it. My willingness was enough to start the process of working the 12 steps. And when I worked the 12 steps, I found that automatically I was guaranteed by the end of step nine that I became, you know, sane in relation to food. And, and that had happened as a natural transformation and progression of this program of recovery. So the big book is very gentle at this point. One does not have to believe, only be willing to believe. And when we decide to believe in whatever it is, we don't have to have a concrete evidence or a particular description. It can be very thin. It can be very empty. It can be very obscure. It can be dark. All that we have to know is it ain't us. You know, so any resistance to this part of the process, it, you know, is, is personal resistance it, because the, the program of recovery gives us an enormous hoop to jump through, enormous hoop to jump through, all-inclusive, never exclusive. That's the spirit of accommodation this program offers. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leah M. And Sally A., please go ahead. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you so much for your service to all of us. And good morning, a vision for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. And so I, I love that we're here. We're, we really are embarking on step two here with these words, why don't you choose your own conception of God? And what we're about to see over and over, we see these words, it was only a matter of being willing to believe. We're, we've already seen it, and we see it now. And he's, he's really working within the confines of, Bill is being honest here in this earlier paragraph and telling us, despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the vestiges of my old prejudice. 
you know, I'm still in a really between a rock and a hard place. I see that this guy is changed. He's fresh-faced. He's reorganized. He's rearranged. And I want what he has. But I'm, I'm here stuck between a rock and a hard place in the vestiges of my old pride and prejudice. But he brings it right, he boils it right down to why don't you choose your own conception of God? When I saw these words, when I thought about this myself, I didn't want a new conception of God. I really liked the warm, fuzzy old conception that I had. But the truth was, when we look at those words, um, willing to believe for myself, it really translated to surrendered to trust. It's like Sally had to put up a stick at, at the end of a war because I've been in a war for, for so many years of my life. I was in a war with food, and the food was winning. I was in a way for 10 years gaining 100 pounds because my binges, which were like 7 to 10 pounds per binge, were outstripping my seven days or, or even two months of being abstinent. It wasn't working. Because my fixation on the food and my fixation on being abstinent was not working. And I'm gaining 100 pounds in OA. So what was I going to do differently? And what I was going to do differently was finally I was going to pick up this book and this simple set of instructions and I was going to finally pay attention to what they were telling me, that the steps was the treatment for what was going on by, between my ears. And so... Here's the important thing I want to say this morning is that it says on page 93 in working with others. It gives me some simple instructions in working with others. And on page 93 it says, the main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he lives by spiritual principles. Now listen, somebody else really wise on this planet said that the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the book says that the main thing is that he'd be willing to believe in a power greater than himself. So as Leia was just saying, listen, I need a power greater than me. I don't have it. I don't have the power that, that I need to get well. I need something outside of me. So the main thing, it's not the tools. It's not uh, having a plan of eating and making phone calls and all the things that I fixated myself on in order to control, 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 as page 30 and 31 design and write so clearly. You cannot control this thing. No matter how hard you try to set stronger, bigger fences, whether you add some barbed wire to the already fences you've got, it won't work. It takes a power outside of you. And all you have to do is put up the white flag, shake it a few times, and say, I surrender. I surrender. That's it. Thanks for letting me share. Hello, this is Raquel. When you can get me in, I'll be grateful. Thank you, Raquel. Kathy Kay, you want to... Press star one. Raquel is ready to share. Hey, Melanie, I didn't know I was muted. Okay, um, so we have Raquel, and who else would like to share? Raquel, Edie, Mary B. Linda D. from Connecticut. Okay. Mary B. Linda. I'm sorry, Linda, what's your last initial? D. 
Right. Okay. So I have Raquel, Vasa O, Mary B, and Linda D. Anybody Amy, else? Valerie B. Valerie B. And who was before Valerie? Edie Rachel L. M. M. Okay. Um, we're going to stop there. Go ahead. Okay, Raquel, go ahead, please. Hello. Hi, Kathy. Thank you for your service. And hi to all my good friends, family on the line. Can you hear me okay? I can. Uh, I, I don't even know how to start. This is so wonderful what this program affords us. It's so such a wide open arms of invitation, you know, wherever you are, whichever state you are in. Just be willing for one second to leave a little, little spot in your brain that is willing to consider that they, there might be, there just might be a different way that doesn't depend on what you can you can master to bombard this problem with that did not work until now. And I have this this um, image, you know, this um, picture in my mind, um, or how you call the visual of of me standing in the bus and and trying to to steady myself when the bus is moving, and I need to grab onto something, and I grab onto my own hair. I'm gonna fall. And especially, you know, I, I, I need to grab onto something outside me. And that thing outside me, I have to be smushed into the ground enough with despair to be willing to grab onto it when I have such big doubts that there's anything out there besides myself and my ego. So I had someone sit here three hours with me at the beginning of the week. And she was so convinced, and she was so willing, and she was so... And then she disappeared for the next three days and called again, very ashamed. And I had enough words to comfort her that she's in the right place. The disease is doing its job. Nobody will convince her except for, unfortunately, nobody, nobody will convince me except the disease itself to reach out into the void if you will, but just to be willing to reach out and grab something else than my ego and my resources. And this is just great, and, and I'm so grateful that all of us are here together in this, and other people will join us. Many people will join us because by now it's an epidemic, the way people eat in this holiday, especially here in Israel. And, and I have a deep prayer in my heart that more and more people are right in the right place of being convinced by the disease, nothing else. As I said many times, even if Bill W. was here in my living room, together with Dr. Bob and, and Abby in the picture, could not convince anyone, just the disease itself is strong enough. Uh, thank you for being there, and I love you all, and have a wonderful abstinent and, and recovering day, uh, and I pass. Thank you, Raquel. Um, I want to mention, Irini, I didn't uh, hear you the first time, so you'll be after Vasa O. Uh, go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Kathy, for your service, and I'm grateful recovered compulsive Lolita calling from Foxborough, uh, from Massachusetts. No, I'm calling from Florida. Okay. Uh, I like this paragraph very much. I thank God for this program. It 
it's a gift to me and for all of us. It saved my life. And I had quite a few discussions with my sponsor when she brought me and 12-stepped me for about a week, you know. And we talked, yeah, on, just like Bill, me and Bill, the, my first meeting with her, with her was in my kitchen, sitting on the table and having discussions about this program. And, uh, and then we continued during the week over on the telephone, and she'd call me every day. We would, we just, she 12-stepped me ev- almost every day till I came to my first meeting. And she asked me about um, the, uh, the, the kind of God that I had. And I told her, I have fearful, punishing God. And uh, she said to me, well, I guess that God is not very good to you, so why don't you just put him aside and I'll lend you my God. And she told me about her God of her own understanding. But I had a lot of anger when I came uh, in recovery uh, about things that happened to me as a child. And and I remember saying, you know, praying on my knees when 19 years old and saying, there must be not God. If, you know, if not here to help come down and put an order to feeling, there must not be God. And I kind of pulled away from God at that time. But I still, in emergencies, I did call on God. So for me, it was uh, the only requirement she said was for me, I need I needed to believe in a power greater than myself, and uh, and again I like the idea of a higher power because God I kind of connected with man or my father, so I really liked the higher power at the beginning. And then um, she said to me uh, again the only the only thing I need to do is have the willingness. I had so much pain and suffering in those 25 years with my disease, you know, trying to control it, and I really was ready, and I was just ready and willing, you know. I said, I don't care who I surrender to, you know. I'm just, I'm dying anyway, so I might as well, you know, surrender. And I was ready, and I was willing to do whatever she told me to do, and I don't want to take much time. We'll be talking more about the surrender later. And I did surrender to this program, and I was ready and willing. I didn't want to die. Thank you for letting me. Thank you very much. Um, Let's see. Irene, your turn next. And just a gentle reminder, we're sharing on the paragraph that ends, I stood in the sunlight at last, that paragraph and the prior paragraph. Irene, please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Wow, the power of suggestion. Why not? Come look at this way instead of your way. This is what it means to have an open mind and heart. It's to face something new. You know, it's not so much you know, what we see, but how do we see it? How do we view it? When, when struggling, why not shift? What we're, we're, we're not able to see because, you know, we're, we're so set in our own ways that it takes others to show us another way. And this just proves that we cannot do life in isolation. We need each other. And, and this is the crack you know, of the door that opens from darkness to light. 
You know, there, there's hope there. You know, in order to receive a gift, you know, we need to open our fists and let go what we're holding on to so we can receive it in our hands. You know, this is grasping this new soil. This is the shifting from old to new. And um, this is taking a step forward instead of sinking into that quicksand. Um, so what are we choosing to do and um, what ideas are we entertaining? What thoughts are we allowing to fester? And what is eating at us? What thoughts are poisoning us? So this power of suggestion, this is the program of attraction of what Ebby has. And um, what are we willing to choose? So are we willing to shift from our old ways of thinking? Why not? What do we have to lose? Thank you. Thank you, Irini. And uh, Mary B., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service, and thank you, everyone, who has shared this morning. Great meeting. Uh, I am Mary B., gratefully recovered in, from Central California, but currently in Southwest Arizona. And we have been uh, sharing so much about uh, how we got here. And uh, people have shared about their Ebbies and great stories. And, you know, I didn't have an Ebby. I uh, had what we also call an Eskimo. And that comes from an old story that was told to us by an AA member who came to help us out in a way when we were brand new. And there's no time to tell that story now. But I was sent, uh, I was told about OA by a friend who never had a weight problem. She had heard about it from one of her customers. So my Ebbies were in that room when I walked into my first Overeaters Anonymous meeting. It was full of my Ebbies. And I was so relieved and so thrilled to find people who were like me, who were uh, who did what I did with food. And there were two things. You know, the, the mention of God, I walked into that room dragging with me the only God that I had been raised with. And that was by parents who were so proud of the fact that they never hit their children. But God will punish you. God will punish you. And that was the God I came in with. And if God was mentioned in that room, I don't know. I was so relieved to hear a name for what I was doing with food, compulsive overeating, and seeing other people. What shocked me and what I'm still surprised to this day didn't send me running out of that room was the fact that they were getting up in front of the room and talking about it. They were talking about what they did with food. But to me, it was so shameful and, and a secret. You know, I learned a, a new prayer after I came into visions, and that is the set-aside prayer. And that prayer would have been so perfect for me way back in those years because evidently that's what I did. I didn't run out of the room you know, taking that fearful God with me. I stayed, and I just set aside any idea about God 
and thought I could do it without one, but found out, of course, that never worked. But that set aside a prayer would have been absolutely perfect. And I think what I would like to say to people who are new or newer in this room, there was a television show years ago called The Naked City. And it opened with, there are 8 million stories in the naked city, and this is one of them. And that's what you'll find here. It doesn't matter how you get here. doesn't matter what shape you're in. doesn't matter who sent you. The only thing that matters is that you stay. Don't go away. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Mary B., Okay, I'm going to ask Linda D. and Valerie B. Um, to go, and then, Rachel, I'm going to ask you to move on to the next paragraph. Go ahead, Linda. Hi, Cass. It's Linda D. Oh, excuse me, Linda D. in Connecticut. Um, hmm. The first time I read the big book uh, was like 33 years ago. And uh, it's one thing to read a book and be um, startled by it. And I had a deep feeling that I belonged at last. But when I read an experience like Bill's, I felt something. And the thing I felt was that I wasn't good enough. I didn't have the words for this. But that that happened for special people, not me. And that I was too sick, but I was so desperate, so frightened, that I did what I was told, and it saved my life, including the set-aside prayer. I was an atheist. I didn't want to be, but I was. And I happened to overhear someone say, and I asked God, show me that you're real beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I thought, I'm going to do that. I don't know if you can do that, but I'm doing it. And I said that prayer, show me that you're real beyond a shadow of a doubt. I wasn't going to try to define God because I didn't trust any picture I would have. I would have said it's it's not real. So, And I didn't want to invent anything. I wanted this thing or whatever it was to show up. And I was told to look for coincidences. When you talk to it, prayer, Look for a shift. Something's going to happen somewhere. Just wait a bit. You'll see. And that happened over and over and over and going through the steps and over and over and over. And it's a lifestyle. It saved my life. And today is, I'm going to say this without crying, maybe not, my third anniversary of being recovered, which was impossible to me, in my mind, because I was so broken. If I can do it, I assure you, you can do it, because this power greater than myself is very, very real, and this program is miraculous. Thank you. Thank you, Linda D. Valerie D., you're our last share before Rachel moves on. Go ahead, please. Marion, can I share? Oh, thank you so much. Um, my name is Valerie B., and I'm calling from Maryland. And um, I would just thank you so much for your service, and I would like to thank everybody that shared. Um, you're so touching on everything I'm going through. 
Um, I am 16 days uh, clean from white sugar, and um, I didn't hurt anybody, so it's an improvement. Um, I, and uh, I'd just like to share on how I was so touched by uh, someone, I think it was Larry, who shared on, you know, having tragedy in your life, and it was hard to believe that God was a good God uh, or higher power was, a, was good. And, um, and I found myself in that same situation. Um, and uh, I, I learned, you know, from the big book um, that... Uh, you know that, that you know that I just I need to surrender, and um, because before when I was in OA, I was I, I had I had about four or five years of accidents in OA, and then when my husband was diagnosed with a fatal illness, every I just I just fell apart. Everything flew out the window. You know, I sat there with my diabetic father who wasn't supposed to eat anything, and we had, you know, I got I got two bowls, a gallon of ice cream, two spoons, and went to town. And I don't think it was any different than if we sat there with, a, you know, a bottle of Jack Daniels, you know, it was the same, you know, same reaction. And um, and I wasn't able, was not able to get my abstinence back since then. I just wasn't able to do it. I'd go to meetings, 90 and 90, making phone calls, you know, do a standing on my head, doing everything I could do. And I'd come out of meetings and I'd sit there and, and you know, totally binge right after the meeting. And uh, I'd be so upset and I and I just I just gave up. And um, so anyway, uh, enough said. Thank you for letting me share and thank you for, thank you so much for all your service. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Valerie B. Uh, Rachel NM, I'd like to ask you to read the next paragraph. And if you could uh, speak up a little bit, your voice was quiet when I first heard you this morning. Thank you, Kathy. This is Rachel NM. I'm a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater and anorexic from Ohio. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make a beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. Well, Linda D. took a lot of the words out of my mouth. I really appreciate her share um, and everyone's. Um, I think that this, these last three paragraphs hit a nerve for a lot of us, um, even those of us who haven't struggled with a belief in God. Um, it seems like that it's been easy for us to pick up other people's resentments, other people's inconsistencies, other people's spiritual sickness, and blame it on God. Um, it, it is, it's just incredible that we can start with our own beginning. We can start where we are at. It, the words in the book say, why don't you choose your own conception of God? Um, it's a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Um, this does not change who God is. We are allowed to start where we are. Um, we can we can let go 
of the prejudices, the inconsistencies of those around us. We can go, let go of the spiritual sickness of um, other people's beliefs in God, and we can start right where we are with our own conception of God. And the only thing that's required is complete willingness. And um, and so when we see our impossibility of um, overcoming our food addiction, the only thing we need is willingness to begin, and it's just growth from there. And I'm very thankful for what God has done for me and his um, mercy that he let me start from where I was. And that's all I have to share. I pass. Thank you, Rachel. And um, who would like to share on this paragraph? Chelsea H. M. Okay, I heard Chelsea H. Who else? Janice M. Janice M. Mm -hmm. Who else? Okay, we'll start. Marion H. Okay, Marion H. Go ahead, Chelsea H. Thank you, and thanks for your service. I'm Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. Um, Upon the foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Well, if we hear this information, what had he seen in his friend? For me, I'm able to look at it and see he saw in his friend that he was on a different footing, that his roots had grass new soil. He was way more than just reorganized. So what I saw was that the individual in front of me was speaking a different type of language about the condition that I'd been suffering from that I knew nothing about, and I had thrown everything at it as I could. I did not embrace the whole God thing, and I still don't have to. I didn't have to do any of that. At this point, it's just a matter of being willing, and it's emphasized with italics. We say how important the italics is. Well, this whole thing almost was in italics, and it's only a matter of believing that I'm not the God of whatever it is at the totality of it all. I'm not able to do anything. I can't manage a plate of food, let alone all the other things in life that I've been trying to run. I've been trying to run everybody's life, including my own, and I just have not been able to manage it unless I eat because that was my solution. So this is telling me that I don't have to join any religions. I do not have to believe in God. I don't have to do any of that. I have to establish a relationship with power greater than me. Well, there's so many things greater than me in my finite self, and then I'm only making a beginning. All this stuff, nothing has to be figured out, and I don't have to do anything. There's no qualifications or anything like that. All I have to do is have complete willingness. That means I can't have any reservations or lurking notions that I can still do the job myself. So I'm really grateful for the fact of the information in here that I don't know whether it was the exact thing that Ebby said or what, but the essence, the essence was it, was it for me, I get to choose. Why don't you choose? I don't focus in on the conception part and all that because for me the focal point there is taking responsibility finally and getting permission from somebody who was as drunk as me. You can do this. That's why he said, would I have it? Of course I would. 
So I'm really grateful that um, these are personal programs, and I'm grateful to have established one in a relationship with my divine director, and one day at a time, it shifts, it grows, and I'm grateful for that. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Chelsea H. Janice M., please go ahead. Well, thank you, Kathy. You can hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, thank you much. Thank you. Good morning to you and good morning to everyone. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. This is the paragraph of paragraphs. Of course, they're all, you know. But this, this, is, this is the key. This is the key to the whole program for me because it's telling me only, and, you know, I'm going to piggyback on um, Chelsea. This is a choice now for me. I had to make a choice. Okay, and the choice came from the conclusion of I am not able to do this thing by myself. I have to conclude that first before I can make a choice, you know, because I had a goal in my life, but I still, you know, I still wanted to eat, <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't understand why he wasn't working for me. So now if it was only a matter only, only is just like there's nothing else you have to do between one and two, step one and two. I don't have to understand who this power is. I don't have to um, uh, define him before I can go on. It's just the word of willingness. I have to be willing, okay, because if I'm not willing and I'm not convinced that somebody else can do it and it's not me, then I can't go on because it's, there's a saying, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. So if I can still think that I can find another way, because that's what that was me, oh, I'm going to, oh, I have a God in my life, but I know that I can do it. Well, you know, I know that I can't. And I know that some other power has to, can, because I've seen it in the fellowship of you people. And as a sponsor, you know, I, can, I can't give my sponsees or anybody else two things, and that's a power greater than themselves, and I cannot give them willingness. Those two things has to come from themselves. And, you know, the criteria, what is the criteria for that power? Well, can't be me. I can't still keep trying, you know, and it has to be more powerful than me. Well, if I'm powerless, then I know it can't be me because <laughs> I can't do it. So, you know, the willingness is the key, and, and we'll see as we get into this book that, um, oh, I don't even have the time, um, that Bill is painting a picture. See, he, he's building a structure, an arch. We've, we've seen that. Most of us have seen that. And if you know, it's a structure that you and I can walk through to get the spiritual awakening. This is the foundation. This is the bottom, the bottom of the house, the bottom of the arch, so that you and I can be free for one day of the obsession. This is the beginning, to have willingness. And then your higher power, whomever you choose to call, whatever name you want to put to that power, will come through. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. And, and uh, Marion A., you have a two-minute share, and then we'll complete the meeting. Thank you, Marion. Press star one, Marion. Hello, can you hear me? I can, and you have two minutes. Thank you. Thank you very much. My name is Marion H., 
I'm a grateful recovering compulsive eater, and thank you so much for your service, and thank you for everyone being on the line, uh, saving my life. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than yourself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. Uh, I saw that growth could start from that point on. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have God in my life, but it took me a very, very long time to to turn to Him with my food and and with the pro to the program. And I've been struggling for many, many years in the rooms. I never left, but been yo-yoing with my weight. And each time I have another recovery, I'm hoping that you know that'll be it. But with God's help, I'm I'm in recovery now, and I'm so grateful for this meeting. It's saving my life, and I know that God is a friendly God, and He can help me to recover if I choose to be willing from the bottom of my heart to talk to Him every day and every minute. And thank you very much for sharing, for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Marion H., and um, thank you to everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study uh, with Lynn from Toronto following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Janice, would you please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Press star one, Janice. Thank you. Yes, certainly. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.